0: Welcome to Punches and Punchlines, where we break down the best fights with a sense of humor. And now, your hosts, Fritz and Franco.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to uh, this might be the second episode this week you're listening to, but we're breaking down the action from the Tiafimo Lopez-George Gambosis card in uh, New York and the Stephen Fulton versus Brandon Figueroa main event over on Showtime. Where was that one taking place, Franco?
0: That one was in Fabulous, Las Vegas at the Park MGM. Uh, cool casino that I recently visited a couple of weeks ago. Definitely like a big sports venue. Kind of cool, like central location. But that's where they had that rumble from. So let's go on ahead and get into this. I'm very curious to see what your thoughts are on some of these fights, Fritz. Zhang
1: Zhao, thirty-eight years old, coming in at twenty-two zero and one versus Craig Lewis, thirty-seven years old, coming in at 4 and one. Now, Franco, for this kind of tipped off or. the opening bell rang, they started telling us about how Zhang, some of his organs started to shut down during his last fight. You know, how he was kind of lucky to be alive after that last fight. It explains a lot from his last few rounds of his last fight because he did look, you know, dead on his feet and was lucky to get that final bell and get the draw. Yeah, But he looked 100% recovered in this one because they were talking about, you know, how Craig Lewis had won, you know, multiple amateur championships. So this was not a walk in the park for him or not a walk in the park for a decent heavyweight this wouldn't be a walk in the park the first round was kind of what you would see in a normal heavyweight fight but then in that second round He just landed a couple bombs and just like any heavyweight fight can happen, land a couple bombs and it's changes the whole pace of the fight. The first bomb landed. I don't know if you're going to agree with this or not, because we didn't watch together, but Mm -hmm. first bomb landed and on his way down, you could see the eyes were gone. (laughs) You know, he got back up and he was kind of wobbly, even walking to the neutral corner and the eyes were already gone. All right. Guys got hurt because he tried to keep going. Another bomb lands. And then the legs were gone, too. Yeah, I think the reps are like, all right, you can fight. You can fight with no arm, you know, with no eyes or you can fight with no legs. But you can't fight without both. So (laughs) I'm stopping this right now. Yeah, it was kind of a nice comeback for uh, Zhang Zhao.
0: Yeah, I don't know how much stock I put in him being like near death Uh, It was kidney failure and dehydration. I do that on a regular weekend uh, where I just destroy my (laughs) my liver, my kidneys, my end up severely dehydrated the next day if I don't pay attention to it. Um, yeah, that just sounds like an average Saturday. But uh, I, I, I'm i definitely glad that he came back okay, because I do remember that last fight. We were not impressed with how he looked because of all the hype surrounding him. I mean, he's a million years old. I'm sorry, he's 38 years old. Um, so this was a good fight for him to step into to kind of get back on his feet. You want to see him fighting some kind of a journeyman where he can see if he can still go. And uh, by the second round, we definitely saw that he could go. Uh, I was glad that the fight was stopped. Zhang drops serious power when he's connecting. In the last fight, we didn't really see him connecting a lot, and he just got gassed and you could tell that his body was shutting down, right? But this one, that was not the case. Like he was definitely going all out and uh, yeah, it didn't take long for him to be able to drop Lewis twice and, and have the fight get stopped. So I think this was a perfect setup for him moving forward. Uh, looking forward to seeing him again. You know, we've seen him a couple times now and I do like being able to kind of follow these guys that have a lot of hype, especially when they get knocked off their pedestal a little bit to see, can you come back? Cause everybody loves a good comeback story. Maybe he can take on
1: the winner of the fight nobody asked for, but we're getting anyway of Parker versus Josora too. Mm. You know, maybe he can take on the winner of that. I think that would be a nice fight. Zhang Zhao versus Joseph Parker. I I would I would tune in to see that. Azinga Fuzil, 25 years old, coming in at 15 and 1 versus Kenichi Agawa, 33 years old, coming in at 25 1 and 1. <laughs> Now, for anybody who didn't see this fight, this was for the vacant IBF super featherweight title. The 130-pound title was uh, on the line. This turned into a war. By the end of it, you would think really only one guy was in the trenches because Fuzil was a bloody mess. By the end of this, got knocked down a few times. Like, the heart was still there. Like, when he fell in that 12th round and there was only, like, 20 seconds left in the fight, you could see, like, on his face, he's like, no, I'm making the final bell." Yeah. You know, and a lot of the people that were announcing were like, Oh, they should stop this. You know, Fazil's only gonna hurt himself. And I'm not even saying they were wrong, but I could see on the on the ref's part going like, No, the dude's got twenty seconds left. If he wants to go out of here on his feet, I'm gonna let him go out on his feet. So he just kind of danced around for the last 15 seconds of the fight, was able to make the final bell. He definitely earned my respect by just Being able to hang in there with this dude because Ogawa was really just landing some super power shots. I don't know how many other dudes would have been able to hang in there. And Fuzil was able to at least still be on his feet at the end of this. I know that doesn't
0: win you, you know, any belts, but man, it was just a really good fight. Yeah, I absolutely love this fight. And on a side note, uh, full disclosure, I did not watch this fight live and I did get like You know, you get the little update things from ESPN and whatnot. Uh, I'm not sure who sent it to me, but it popped up on my phone and I misread it. And I actually thought that Ogawa lost. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Like, you know, I want to see the Japanese guy win. That's why I tune into these fights. So I went into it thinking that he lost. And so when he started whooping the living hell out of Fuzil, I'm like, how does he lose this?
1: Now, if I could explain that just a little bit. I know in our last episode, Franco explained that uh, he's undercover Mexican. But he's also undercover Japanese, too. So, you know, he's got a lot of bases covered, this Franco.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of fun when they have to fill out the census and check, <laughs> check off like 10 boxes. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it was a really exciting fight. I absolutely loved it, especially because then I was pleasantly surprised to see that the Japanese guy won. It was so spectacular.
1: Yeah, and you could see that it meant a lot to him. You know, like he was really emotional in his post-fight interview. You know, he'd been on top, but he's also, you know, sunken low, where he had his fight versus Tevin Farmer switch from a win to a no contest because he popped after the fight for Lones. Andrew Stanadal whatever that, that a, is. Is
0: that a new uh, strain of COVID?
1: Yeah, it's uh it's, it's a PED and okay. uh, he got busted for that. So I'm not sure whether he was suspended, but after that fight and he tested positive for the PED, he was out of the ring for 14 months. So maybe lesson learned and he's come back is paying attention more to what the, what diet supplements he's taken or what uh, tainted beef he's eating. And uh, now he can uh, pass his tests before and after, but congrats to him on, on winning a hard fought championship. You know, and congrats to Fuzil on on making him earn it. Did not look uh, like the <laughs> champ at the end, and that's a good reason. Uh, you're a bloody mess, but you did win at least my admiration by the end of this fight.
0: Now, I will say, I kind of disagree with you on the ending. Uh, Sergio Mora was the only one who kept saying they need to stop it. They need to stop it. First of all, in that fifth round. Ogawa landed a huge body shot and Fuzil like bent over. He doubled over, grabbed onto the rope with one hand and put up his other hand to be like, hang on, give me a second. And Ogawa was coming in for like the death blow and Fuzil took a knee. Yeah. And then, Smartest knee I've seen in a long time. He's like, nope, I need to get down. If he would have landed that shot, if he would not have taken a knee, he would have spun in the air and hit the ground in slow motion. It would have been, it it really was a smart knee. Like it was probably the smartest thing ever. But then in the 10th round, uh, Fuzil finally decides to start pressing forward and he kind of started looking a little bit better. But then he, he got cut over the one eye. And then the next round, he was cut over the other eye and his nose got busted up in the beginning of the fight. So he was like just spraying blood out from every angle of his face. And then it got to that 12th round. I thought that it should have been stopped because almost the exact same thing happened again where he ended up taking a knee. But that time Ogawa did swing and it went right over his head. And it was like, holy crap. If he would have landed that, that would have been another death blow. To so paint a picture for the people that did not see this fight in the movie,
1: Carrie, when they dumped the bucket of pig's blood on her, you remember <laughs> that scene, Franco? Yeah. Like even her at that point would have looked at Fuzil like, damn, you got a lot of blood, you know, like that's,
0: <laughs> that's how bloody much of a mess this dude was. It was incredible. Yeah, it was a lot of blood. And actually, Ogawa, a couple of times, he was covered in blood. And I was like, oh, did he get busted? Op-? Oh, no. <laughs> That's Fuzil's blood just splattering all over him when he punches him. But so then he ended up getting knocked down uh, for a third time in that 12th round. Like you said, there was 20 seconds left. Here's the problem. 20 seconds left. The ref gives him his nine count. He stands up and then the ref takes his time and is like, all right, move to the left. Now move to the right. Cha-cha real smooth now. And it's like, come on, man. You're you're dragging." Yeah and he's he couldn't even do it you know like he has to be able to do the charlie brown otherwise you stop the fight even with another 10 seconds left but so he ended up milking it all the way like come on you're milking 20 seconds off the clock you know we knew who was going to win by the end of this but i would have liked to see the tko just be able to go on ogawa's record cuz i felt like he kind of earned it otherwise Great fight. Anybody who didn't watch it, I strongly recommend it. This is a fun one to rewind it and play it back just to see somebody get the living hell beat out of them. Plus, you know, Japanese fighters winning. That's always a bonus on this show.
1: George Cambosis Jr., 28 years old, coming in at 19 and 0, versus Tiafimo Lopez, 24 years old, coming in at 16 and 0. Now I'll get right to the chase on this one, Franco. I was certainly surprised by the outcome of this, but there were points leading up to this that made me think that it was possible. Okay, let me walk people through what had gone on leading up to this fight. There was, I think, three or four different dates that got canceled. There was COVID outbreak in one of the camps. There was... Problems with the promotion company not coming up with the money. It had to go back to then the second highest bidder. There was just every possible problem that could happen in a title fight happened in this fight. Now you got a long time in between fights for both of these guys. I started to hear from Lopez just how seriously he was not taking this fight. He just saying like, I'll oh, put all your money on a first round knockout. I'm coming in, I'm cleaning out this chump, and then I'm going to take care of the fights that I want to do. Well, when you start planning your next fight before the first fight is even over, sometimes bad things happen. So I took Tia Fimo's advice and I did place a bet on a KO for him, uh, in rounds uh, one through three, all right, okay. lost lost that bet. But my other side that I was thinking like this, Tiafimo not taking Cambosis seriously enough. That side paid off for me because I put a bet on Cambosis to win, and I was able to cash that ticket when it went to the decision. Nice. I still am a fan of Tiafimo Lopez. This one fight didn't change it, but maybe the post fight was getting close to changing. Yeah. You know, like he said, you know, I'm not a sore loser. I could take my wins the same way I take my losses or take my losses the same way I take my wins. Like you haven't had a loss before today. So this is how you handle your losses. And you hand it like an asshole, (laughs) you know, to say like, oh, I run 10 rounds to two. That is beyond delusional. I was surprised that even one of the judges had it for Tiafima Lopez. Yeah. You know, and I thought that the other two judges really got it right. It was a close fight, but you could see who came out with the game plan and who just came out thinking that they were way better than the other guy. You know, Mm -hmm. like Cambosis came out, you know, you could feel like a calm about him when you're watching the fight and when lopez started throwing these haymakers he was just you know ducking and countering i thought that first round was going lopez's way until he just got caught with that left and then put his dumb ass onto the mat. And it's like, oh, remember all that shit you were talking? Like, it's it's a lot It's a lot harder to feel bad for you after you talk all that shit.
0: Now, how did you score that round? I scored it as a 10-8 in favor of Combosos, but two of the judges scored at 10-9 because they said that Teofimo was so far ahead and so dominant during that first round that they only scored at 10-9. I did not have it like that. I had it 10-8. What did you think?
1: I didn't have a 109 I'm pretty much just stick to when there's a knockdown it's a 10-8 unless the guy just got lucky and you know but i didn't see it as that i didn't i saw lopez as being ahead in that round but i still saw it as a 10-8 round
0: yeah uh, that first round was amazing because of the ebb and the flow and the change Teofimo came out like he was shot out of a cannon and then all of a sudden boom he gets caught lands out in his ass and the crowd went absolutely crazy then to make it even better when the round ended both dudes were just jawing at each other the ref had to like pull them apart like two angry little children and then the crowd really got into it like this was at the what was the name of the, the hulu theater right in madison yeah. square garden yes so cool cool venue and then to have the crowd going absolutely bonkers over it really got me excited for the rest of the fight what did not get me excited and what actually has turned me off from tail over the last I'd say probably year, maybe year, well, maybe more like the last six months, is his dad. His dad, I think, ended up costing him this fight because his advice in the corner was so garbage. He kept telling him he was ahead. He's kind of an asshole. He tries to put the spotlight on himself. And I feel like he not only cost him this fight, but also hurts his brand.
1: I don't, I don't think you're remembering some of the good advice that his dad gave. You know, there was that after the one round, he said, oh, you won that round again. Yeah. And then uh, there was that other round where he said, hey, go fuck this guy up. Uh, that was good advice. Mm-hmm. And then he also had that good advice where he's like, what are you doing? Quit fucking around. <laughs> Knock this guy out. That I mean, that was good advice. Those are all wonderful things that it takes a highly skilled corner man to do those things. <laughs>
0: literally within seconds of each other first he said what are you doing get that guy out of here and then a few seconds later you need to calm down you need to and it's like what are you like you're confusing him if anything at this point his kid is probably just tuning him out and just not even listening to the advice and then he's stuck in his own head so after the fight ended when he was interviewed Teofimo that is and you know Combosus was just super classy he's like this is a great kid this was a great fight I'm so happy I'm taking the belts back to Australia taking them to Vegas I'm taking on Haney next you know but we'll see I'm willing to do whatever and then Teofimo's like "Uh, I won that fight 10 to 2 I don't care what the scorecards say and it's like no no you didn't like who you know who was not telling you that you were behind or possibly behind or that it was as close as it was oh your crappy father and it's like right. if he would have been keeping him in his game plan I think he would have been okay instead he ended up getting screwed that's a, that's the thing like after I watched this
1: fight I was like wow Tufemo did not look good in the ring you know I'm like this is this was not his night Cambosis was the winner Lopez was the loser this was not Tiafimo's light you know and i thought that 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 was going to be the low for lopez uh but no then he it, you know hijacked cambosis interview and looked even worse than he did during the fight you know it's like it was just such a shitty shitty way for him to go out and you could tell that the crowd was all there for him just started booing yeah in his and hometown I, yes and i don't know if you saw this it's might even be a cry for help but it's sad uh for anybody that didn't see it i was watching uh or reading an article today about it where he, after the cameras were already shut off, uh, he made people get out of the way. So he do his post fight flip.
0: Oh, it's like that's sad. Yeah, it is sad because <laughs> he thought he won like yeah. in his head. He won. Now, as we all know, I am a fan of professional wrestling. That's the only place this is acceptable. Like, you know, where well, a guy's like, Oh no, no, you won. Cause you cheated and you hit me with a chair or because you spit acid in my face. Uh, you know, because you're able to pull it up from the underworld or whatever. All of that makes sense within that realm. But in boxing, very cut and dry, and a little bit more so when it's this definitive. Now, towards the end, I believe it was in the it was in, in the 10th. Cambosas yeah. ended up getting knocked down. The ninth, I thought that Teofimo had already stepped it up and he took that round. So he took some early ones, and then he took the nine and the 10, but then that was really it in my book. Right. Like, where he got that knockdown in the 10th. And I thought he was
1: really going to ramp up the the volume for 11 and 12. And yeah, he did not. He did I not. don't, I don't think a single judge gave Teo the 11th or 12th. I don't think a single judge did. And if they did shame on them, because that was really showed the heart of Cambosis. where you're like, well, wow, you just got knocked down in the 10th. It was later in the round. So you were able to survive the round. And then the 11th and 12th came and he still kept engaging and bring in the fight to Lopez and won those rounds decisively
0: of the judges gave the final, the 12th round to Teofimo, which that one was the only round where I was like, oh, this is a coin flip. I'm leaning towards Cambosos, but I could maybe see how they might give it to Teofimo because it was a close enough round. Mm-hmm. Definitely the 11th went to Cambosos, which all three judges did score it that way, but it was it was close. I could have seen uh, the, the big screw job coming in and it ended up being a draw, but I could not see this being a, in favor of Lopez, which The one judge did. There's no way that Lopez won this fight. So for one judge to have it, kind of scary. I'm glad that the right guy won. He was super classy about it. I hope that Telfimo not only learns from this, And gets humbled by this. But I hope that Combosos does not give him a rematch. He he offered it up and was like, let's do a rematch, but we'll do it in Australia. I'm hoping Lopez just moves on to another weight division. But also, he didn't give Loma another shot. So I hope he doesn't get a shot. Yeah, right. He almost held the belts like,
1: no, you don't get another shot. You know, like a. (laughs) like a child who just stole their ball back. So for me to wrap this up, congrats to Cambosis on a wonderful executed game plan and sticking to your fight and just being the better fighter that night. There's no doubt about it in my mind that you were the better fighter that night and you go home the unified lightweight champion. And I hope that next fight that he takes on to defend his belts the first time is in Australia. Like he said, he's fought on the
0: road enough. Like it's time to have a nice homecoming. So good luck, champ. Now here's a question. Uh, He has the WBC franchise belt, which I know WBC has said that that's the belt and that, you know, that's unified championship. But Haney has the other one. Does he get to get two WBC belts and he could be like, I'm the franchise and the other, like just have multiple belts from one organization?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Give him all the belts. Why not? I don't, I don't give a shit. Mauricio Suleiman said that the Loma Lopez fight was for undisputed. All right. That's the chairman of the WBC. So he said it was for undisputed, but you still have a lot of Haney fans that like to hold onto his belt. Like it means something. And I'm a Haney fan, but I don't think he needs a a belt for me to be a fan of his. All right. I'm still a fan of his. But just the fact that everybody argues back and forth already means that it's not undisputed. You know what I mean? If there's a dispute, it's not undisputed. So I've punted on giving a shit about the franchise or their regular belt or whatever they want to call it. Cambosis is the lineal lightweight champ. He's got the belts. He's the champ. Stephen Fulton, 27 years old, coming in at 19 and 0 versus Brandon Figueroa, 24 years old, coming in at 22 0 and 1. <laughs> All right, Franco, going into this one, I've seen both of these guys fight before and I've enjoyed watching both of these guys fight before. I like Cool Boy Steph, that's his uh that's his alias. I like that. It's a cool one. Uh Heartbreaker, I think is stupid. All right. But, but, uh, but other than that, I like everything about Figueroa. This was just a slugfest dude, where Figueroa was coming forward, all fight long, throwing, throwing a million punches per round. Now, granted, you know, I wasn't copy box stat keeping right in front of me. So I wasn't sure who was landing more or who wasn't, but I sat and watched this with our, our buddy, Jake. And by the end of it, I was like, I think Figueroa's got it. And he's like, I don't know, man. I think Fulton's got it. And I was like, you know what? I think it was close enough that either way it comes out, I'm going to be, I'm going to be happy with the outcome. There were so many of the rounds that were kind of like a coin flip where if a few of those rounds went one way or the other, it was going to really affect the scores. And then it was really kind of another, you know, I already hated his nickname. And then he came out after the fight and maybe he was trying to do his best Teofimo Lopez impression, but he's like, man, I won that fight. This is bullshit. I won that fight. And the guy's like, well, we can run it back again. It was a close fight and figure. Figueroa had said before this fight, this is going to be his last fight at uh, 122. Then he's like, yeah, I want the rematch. Then he's, I think he started thinking about it again. Like, oh shit, I can't cut those extra four pounds no more. Like (laughs) I might need to just say goodbye to this rematch and uh, just
0: say that I won and try to go about it that way. Now I will not throw Figueroa into the same boat as Teofimo because I agreed with him. I thought this was highway robbery, literally says highway robbery in my notes. Here's why, though. First of all, I was turned off from Fulton. I will, again, full disclosure, I was against him from the get-go because he did the whole stupid Floyd Mayweather Jr. sombrero thing where he came out, where he's sombrero and the Mexican colors, and at this point... In 2021, how is that not cultural appropriation? He's not wearing it respectfully. He's literally wearing it disrespectfully as a big middle finger to the entire Mexican community. He wasn't wearing it. I think it was an ode. No. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I think. Now, if Figueroa were to come out in blackface and be like, no, no. This is an ode to the African-American community. Everybody would be like, oh, my God, like, what is this guy doing? Also, it might be cheating because it's boxing, you know, like the face paint would be all greasy. I don't know that that would work either. Yeah,
1: I think that's a little bit different. But
0: you know what? I'm I'm, I'm willing to let you hang yourself here, Franco. Go ahead. Yeah. So he comes out with the giant sombrero. Brandon Figueroa had the exact same giant sombrero. Apparently, they were on sale somewhere in whatever. It was in they- Vegas, so I don't know. Across
1: the street at Excalibur, like if you were <laughs> able to sink the uh, huge
0: basketball into the small rim, that's what you got. <laughs> and there you go. So, so they both come out wearing sombreros and mariachi gear. But again, Fulton is doing it like, haha! It was funny when Floyd did it against De La Hoya, but also that was a different time, and you know certain things after a while you're like oh that's not sitting right with me and this was one of those things where i was just like yeah this isn't okay anymore and plus it's been done you're not being creative you're not doing anything new multiple guys have done this now and it's just kind of stupid i almost feel like people don't call them out on it because i don't know i don't know why it's not even a racial thing because even uh tyson fury did this but he seemed to do it more like you said respectfully like it was more of an ode where this it's like it's crapping on it i think fulton just wanted
1: some fans from south of the border and <laughs> decided, hey, this might be a way to get him. He didn't come across a shitty dude. So that's why I was taking it in stride. Yeah, I think he's
0: racist. So then the other thing, was, <laughs> the other thing was he was holding so much that I started actually feeling bad for him. I was like, was he not hugged as a child? Why does he keep trying to hug Figueroa? Does he know Figueroa not going to hug him back? And what it ended up leading to was uh, more the the referee that was in the ring for this every two seconds. All right. Stop holding. All right. Stop holding.
1: Well, you didn't want to be hugged by Figueroa because he's a heartbreaker.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or Figueroa didn't want to hug him back. He's like... (laughs) He's like, maybe you missed out on what my gimmick is. I can't love all these hoes. And so he just pushed them right off. Yeah, the the holding and like the sloppiness of it. It's like he didn't want to box. He just kept grabbing them. And then Figueroa just kept putting his head down and throwing wild punches. But when they were allowed to box, to me, Figueroa looked a lot more dominant. He was landing cleaner punches. He looked like the better boxer. But Fulton was doing all of that nonsense that we've seen some like lower level fighters do or even like some of the really low level female fighters. Like when we would see, you know, some of those Polish fighters that never fought out of Poland, some of the females where they would just come out and just be grabbing and headbutting and doing crazy stuff. That's what this kind of reminded me of. And so it was hard for me to give him too many of the rounds. And so then at the end, I really was not completely shocked, but I wasn't happy with, with the way that the scoring ended up going down. So in
1: summary, people, what, Franco's saying is he decided that Figueroa won before he even watched the fight yeah. <laughs> and that uh, I am right that Fulton was probably the winner. I had Figueroa ahead as well, but I did see that it was close enough that I wasn't going to argue with any decision that really came up. It was really a slugfest. They could have, our friend Rob said like, why did they give him a ring? They could have given him a refrigerator box because th- they never spaced it out at any point point." <laughs> and uh, yeah, I love the action. I would watch this fight again i'll watch either one of these guys again yeah hopefully fulton has better headgear for the next fight so franco can not like him too
0: yeah if anything i want him to fight canelo at a catch weight they'll just agree on something like maybe five pounds less than whatever canelo weighs now i think that would be a great fight uh fulton will come out all chubby with his sombrero on, and then Canelo will put him in his place. Uh, Hopefully that happens. We'll see. Fingers crossed. But yeah, I doubt it. I just, I don't want to see him again, but I know we will. So I'll be already rooting against him. Maybe he can replace Raleigh Romero, since that piece of crap probably won't be fighting anytime soon. I need a new person to root against.
1: Thanks everybody again for tuning in to this episode. Check us out next week. We'll be covering Devin Haney versus uh, Jojo Diaz. Gervonta Davis fights Isaac Cruz next week. I do not think that that's worth pay-per-view money. So why don't you message me and let me know how that fight goes. Cause I will not be buying that one. What about you,
0: Franco? You buying that one? uh no if anything i might see if i can find like a bootleg feed for it but lately i've really been having problems trying to find bootleg stuff and so then we just end up paying a bunch of money to be able to see fights so
1: that's because that's illegal and here we in punches and punchlines do not advocate for people doing stuff illegally
0: uh yeah if it's a dirt bag or if it's something where i feel like it's not my i'm not getting my money's worth yeah i'll take it you know it's kind of like uh it's like stealing from walmart you know it's technically i don't illegal. i don't uh,
1: advocate for that either franco <laughs> let's uh let's keep this all on the legal uh while we can danny dignum <laughs> fights uh lucas Bryan next week too on espn from uh York Hall in london so maybe we'll check that one out there's plenty of boxing that we don't got to pay for it uh next week especially against a guy with the regular belt versus late replacement guy i'm not paying for that so uh tune in follow us uh wherever you get your
0: podcasts follow us on social media you're welcome thank you for listening to punches and punch lines make sure you like subscribe and comment and we'll see you again next week when we break down the best fights with a sense of humor